Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're a 415. You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415. Hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the 415ers podcast. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you as always, three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Download, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Five stars. I've seen, actually, Mark, we have only had five-star reviews so far. Grandy, hey. a small sample size, but early returns positive for the 415ers. So help us get those numbers up. We do not want to be talking about a small sample size. We want a giant sample size, and we can confirm that the people love the 415ers. Yeah, by small sample size, I mean 6 million, but I didn't really (laughs) want to throw that number out there unless I had to, you know what I'm saying? And you had to, I guess, huh? I am on social media at egettings10. That is Mark Grandy. You can find him on social media at Mark Grandy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. And it is a football Friday, a preview show for the 49ers week five matchup against the Carolina Panthers. They go to Charlotte and they are two and two now after the Monday night football win against the Los Angeles Rams. The Panthers are one and three before we get deep into the game and into the, you know, kind of the matchups and, and some of the numbers that we're looking at that could dictate this game for the 49ers. To me, this one of the big questions that I sort of had throughout this week, and it's just you know, sort of been sitting there is like, as far as this team is concerned now, we've identified the equation, the winning equation for the 49ers. We've talked about where they need to go, potentially what their ceiling could be both offensively and defensively and how they can rise to another level. Should they get some of their injured players back off of the injured list? But pretty much what I'm thinking, Mark, is like, you know, what are you looking forward to with this team right now? Or what are you looking forward to watching? Because, and maybe it's not even this Sunday against the Panthers, but just in general, like, you know, is is it the group? Is it the defensive group? Is it an individual on that side of the ball? Is it the offense? You know, Is it the running game? Is it kind of the, the blocking, the offensive line up front and a, and a play like you broke down so beautifully on our last episode um, as far as the, you know, the Niners' creativity and imagination in the running game? Uh, is it the coaching? I mean, there's a lot to like about this team, but I think what's difficult for fans is that there isn't necessarily one person that sort of stands out above the rest, especially on the 
side of the ball that is supposed to be the flashy side, which is the offense. So, you know, they don't have a Josh Allen. They don't have a Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they do have a Debo Samuel, but Debo Samuel even sometimes doesn't get the ball as much and doesn't make those game-breaking plays like he did on Monday Night Football all the time. So I'm just curious, if so we can start right there, like what are you looking forward to watching on this 49ers team? It's an interesting question because I feel like this 49ers team kind of bucks the trend in the NFL where you're, you know, every team wants to see their offense play well. What sells the tickets? It's the star quarterbacks. It's the Mahomes and, and Josh Allens and, and Justin Herberts, that, that tier of quarterbacks, the guys that you talked about. And the 49ers simply do not have that guy. Maybe Trey Lance was going to be that guy. You can make the case that Jimmy Garoppolo was that guy, you know, a number of years ago when he came in in 2017 and a team that was destined for a top five, maybe even the first overall pick. And suddenly they rattled off a bunch of wins in a row to close the season. Suddenly he became box office, but he's not that way anymore. So this question of like, what are 49er fans looking forward to? Obviously you're excited for the game. I mean, it's, it's football. Everyone loves football. You love to watch your favorite team play. But in terms of like in the in the moment, in the game, what like are you looking forward to seeing? What are you unable to take your eyes off of? And, you know, this might be a relatively easy one, Evan, and I, I might be, you know, stealing a bit of your thunder here. I'm not sure. But for me, it's Nick Bosa. I mean, when the defense is out there, one, you know, that's the dominant side of the ball for the 49ers. But specifically with Nick Bosa, I just cannot take my eyes off him when he's on the field. I mean, he was incredible as a rookie, helped lead this team all the way to a Super Bowl, and they almost won it. He then, of course, suffered a torn ACL early in his second year in the league. He came back last year and was really good. I thought he was deserving of some defensive player of the year votes. He was not near winning that award. But, you know, all the medical experts, all the doctors say, you know, a year removed, really two years now, but a year removed from being back after a torn ACL two years after the torn ACL occurred is kind of when you see, you know, the athlete get really back and then start to get better from where they were at the time that the ACL was injured. And I think you look at the early returns through four weeks, just under a quarter of the season, Evan, I think you can see that Nick Bosa is getting better. I mean, you look at some of the numbers, he leads the NFL in quarterback hits he leads the NFL in sacks. He's leading the NFL in in you know pressures and in hurries. He is all over the place. He's beating uh, you know offensive linemen in a number of different ways. Normally with Nick Bosa, you see kind of the speed rush where he just runs around. He has that elite bendability where he can kind of get low to the ground and and get beneath the block of of an offensive lineman. There were times in that Rams game on Monday night where he simply just bulldozed through offensive linemen, pushed them into Matthew Stafford, and brought him down all in one motion. He is continuing to get better. You pair that with the rest of this elite defensive line, and my goodness, uh, Nick Bosa is worth the price of admission, and uh, he is certainly deserving of all the praise headed his way. And if he keeps up you know, anything close to this pace, he will be the defensive player of the year. There's there's no doubt about it. He has been phenomenal. And for me, I think that might that might be the one individual that I am most looking forward to watching going into this game, especially considering the matchup. It's probably going to be, you know, a low uh, number of points put up by Carolina this week. I know we'll get to predictions later towards the end, uh, but I think Nick Bosa can have a really, really, really 
big day on Sunday. No, I'm right there with you. Just look at his numbers. And if you extrapolate that over a <laughs> 17 game season, like he's on pace to break the all time sack record in a single season. <laughs> uh, he's on pace to, to break his own career high in terms of tackles for loss. He led the league with 21 last year. He'd be on pace for near 40. Uh, you know, he's he's got the most hits. He He's a pressure monster. Like, you just can't keep him out of the backfield. And I also don't think it's necessarily cheap to say that you're watching Nick Bosa because unlike a lot of members in the defense, if you actually, you know, are watching on a TV screen, he's always near the ball. So he is also literally yeah. going to be on the screen for a lot of the time. So if you do want to watch, you know, a cornerback or Fred Warner or even Talano Hufanga, there are going to be some plays where they are literally just not on your screen. Whereas Nick Bosa is near the line of scrimmage. He's got his hands in the dirt. He's standing up. He's stunning. He's blitzing. He's doing whatever they need him to do to get to the football. And he's always seems to be around it. So no, I, I definitely think that is someone um, that isn't necessarily easy to pick from he is the most exciting player defensively to me in football right now. I know that earlier this week um, on 95-7, the game, Ross Tucker on Signing Guru mentioned that Micah Parsons is in the same class as Nick Bosa, might even be a little bit better when it comes to pass rushing, just because he's, I think, a bit quicker. He runs like a 4-3 as opposed to Bosa runs a you know 4-5, but like to me, I, I don't know if I could say that Micah Parsons is better than Nick Bosa, because I've seen Nick Bosa do it. He, he whips tackles. He whips guards. He, it doesn't matter where you put him. He can get to the quarterback at will as well as a ball carrier. So I think for me, what I'm looking for, and partially because you went defense, but I also, to me, just as a fan, like I want to see offense. I want to see points put up and I want to see explosiveness. This and, might be the wrong game for you then. It might be. It might be the wrong team for me, if we're being honest. <laughs> but that's why, and sort of alluded to him a little bit, but it's got to be Debo Samuel. It's got to be, to me, the most imaginative, creative, perhaps, you know, my player Madden type video game guy on the field in football right now because he plays all over the field. He'll play in the slot. He'll play in the outside. He'll obviously play in the backfield. He'll get handoffs. But when he gets the football, it's like he doesn't even know what he's going to do with it. And I know that Damon Ratto, your show that you work on, talked to him earlier this week on 95.7 The Game. And it, it, was, it was interesting hearing him talk about himself. Now, I know that players can't necessarily reveal all of their, their strengths and their weaknesses and go deep in depth. But like sometimes I feel like Debo just surprises himself because the way that he was talking about his ability was, hey, man, I just see the ball. I go make a play. And what happens next is not really on me. Like I just, he, it's almost like he blacks out when he gets the football and he can catch it. He can run with it. He isn't necessarily a precise route runner, but he always finds it. Like they always find ways to get him the football and then you don't know what's going to happen. So for me, Debo, at least right now, I know he's actually on pace to have more touches than he did a season ago. I know it's sort of difficult to, Hey, Debo, you got to go put up 1,700 scrimmage yards and get 18 touchdowns like you did a season ago. But to be a guy on offense that in many ways is almost mo more important than the quarterback and with no clear RB1 for the Niners with Elijah Mitchell being out, Jeff Wilson Jr. stepping into that role, but not really knowing what his workload is going to be week to week, getting some running backs back in the near future. Debo Samuel is the main constant to me on offense, and he is the guy that I am looking forward to if we're going with individuals.
The other thing that that Debo Samuel mentioned in that, in that interview you mentioned with uh, Damon and Rado on 95.7 The Game, you know, he was asked, like, is is defense are defenses playing you any different? You had this breakout year last year and, uh, you know, you, you kind of revolutionize, you know, offense a little bit in the sense that, you know, wide receivers carrying the ball and, you know, you were, you know, at the forefront of that. Has there been an adjustment to you rather than, you know, more so than just being aware that it's probably coming, but is there any like schematic change? And he was like, no, there, there's, there's not really a change. And, and he said, I mean, honestly, what can defenses really do? I mean, I'm unique. I'm one of one. No one else that's that carries the ball has my mentality, has my willingness to seek out contact, has my ability to break tackles and make cuts and and leave defenders in the dust. Uh, he's certainly not shy about, you know, talking himself up and, you know, his play backs it up. I thought that was, you know, supremely interesting. And I agree with you on the offensive side. He's the guy that uh, catches my eye. And I think he probably catches the eye of, of every football fan when they're watching a 49ers game. So that's certainly uh, a good one. Uh, but I don't know his comment of saying, you know, they haven't changed because I don't know what can you do to stop me? Like that just, it, it just struck me. It's, I, I don't think I've ever heard a professional athlete, especially like a wide receiver ball carrier like that in the NFL say, I'm, they're not going to change because what more could they possibly be doing to try to stop me? I, I you can't stop me. It's, it's impossible. Well, it, I'm sure he feels that way. Everyone's got to have confidence when you're on the field, right? But I do think it is also accurate in the sense that because he is so creative and the ways that they use him are are almost impromptu sometimes, Like it's very difficult to game plan for him because you don't know what he's going to do. And you don't know as a defense, one, how he's going to be used, Two, where he's going to go when he gets the football, because as we saw on Monday Night Football, like he is the yak king. Like this guy, when he has the football in his hands, a yard behind the line of scrimmage, 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Could take it to the house. He could go five yards. He could make a move. You always have to be wary of where he's at and keep him in front, which is a difficult thing to do. And also, I, I think that defenses, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but defenses, I think we're keying on him more as a running back. And this is where, to me, I think we're getting to see a little more of Debo at the wide receiver because, look, last year he was he was awesome in the backfield. I think he, you know, looking at his numbers, 360-odd yards, eight touchdowns on the ground. Um, but he picked up, a, like, 1,400 yards through the air is nothing to scoff at. But because of how dynamic he was in the running game, I think we kind of forgot a little bit just how good he is as a wide receiver. And we saw that on Monday Night Football. We've seen that throughout the first four games this season. Granted, Trey Lance and then to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we'll see that more moving forward as Jimmy G gets a little more comfortable. And once Debo, you know, kind of revert reverts back to the 2021 more receiver that he was rather than the running back, I don't think it's crazy to, to say that defenses can't stop me because it's like he doesn't know how he's going to be used on a week-by-week basis. He doesn't know what he's going to do on a play-by-play basis. So I can see why a defense would feel the exact same way and say, hey, look, we're just going to play in the same way as last year, and hopefully he doesn't kill us. Yeah, we'll, we'll cross our fingers and hope it doesn't come back to bite us. I think that's a good point. I, you know, maybe the the other angle, I think you, you're kind of you know touching on this a little bit, 
is obviously I'm interested in, in what Debo does every game, but it's how does Kyle Shanahan continue kind of pushing the envelope and evolving how he gets Debo Samuel involved. I think to this point, you know, it's been relatively similar to last year. I mean, we, we, talked about you know kind of how him in the run game has gotten kind of stale he hasn't had much success besides that that uh one big one that he broke in the run game i believe that was against uh the seahawks in in week two if i'm not mistaken he had like a 50 yard run yeah it was week two against the seahawks besides that he hasn't had much success on the ground you know as a ball carrier he has had some in, in catch and run of course that last game uh at home against the rams but it's how does Kyle Shanahan try to continue to get him the ball in space and get him open? Is it more of the same from last year? Or do you try to get more creative in the short pass game and try to scheme him into some uh, openings there? Is it get more creative in the run game? We talked about that the uh, 32-yard touchdown run by Jeff Wilson Jr. on our previous episode. That was just perfect execution by the 49ers. Credit to the offensive line, the tight ends, everyone for pulling it off. But that was just straight genius from the mind of Kyle Shanahan with the the motion from the wing, George Kittle into the wham block on a toss to the left. You don't see that in the NFL. Is there more uh, options to get Debo Samuel the ball similar to that where you see kind of an evolution in, in Kyle Shanahan's run game offense? That's also something I think to keep an eye on, not only in this game, but but as the season moves along because you're going to have to get creative with how you're, you know, getting the ball to Debo Samuel, because despite what he says, there will be defenses trying different things to slow him down. 